Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. I is no longer us who live, but it is Christ who lives on the inside of us because we have been crucified. So today, God, I thank you for a move of your spirit. I thank you, God, that your people have itching ears. They have opened up their hearts unto you on today. I bind every principality, every power of wickedness in high places, every spirit of darkness. I take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. You foul spirit of depression and oppression, I command you to go. In the name of Jesus and God, I thank you for the blood that was shed on Calvary for the remissions of our sins. And God, because you saw the blood, death had to pass us by. So we honor you, we glorify you, and we say it's already done. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, look at your neighbor one more time and say, neighbor. God is a good God. Say, no matter what you're going through, that does not change his goodness. Hallelujah. Do we really know that God is good, y'all? Do we really, truly know that God is good? Hallelujah. Because he woke you up this morning, God is good. Amen. We're going to continue the teaching on walking by faith and not by sight. So you know the verse of scripture is 2 Corinthians 5, 7, which says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. You may be seated. I didn't even give you time to turn there. (laughs) For we walk by faith and not by sight. That means that we live by what we believe. We live by what we believe. But I believe the problem is some of us don't know what to believe or who to believe. The more we develop our relationship with our Father, our Heavenly Father, and the more we get into fellowship with Him with a sharing and a participation of all the things that He has done, then we can live by faith. We can live by what we believe. The one you spend more time with is the one you're going to trust more. The one you spend more time with is the one that you're going to trust more. Whomever you spend time with, that's who you're going to trust more. So we need to spend more time in the presence of the Lord because God has everything, y'all, that we need. And I want to tell you this walk of faith, this living by what you believe, this walk sometimes can be a walk that can be difficult. It can be a walk that it makes you want to sometimes throw in the towel because it looked like things are not working the way they should work. But what we have to do, we have to understand who he is. 
We have to understand what he's already done. And when we understand these things, we can continually stand through the things that we're going through. But if you're not developing your relationship with God, if you're not getting to know who he is and what he has done, then we're going to be wavering. The Bible said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we can be double-minded. One minute we can be in faith. One minute we can be in fear. One minute we can be in faith. One minute we can be in unbelief and doubt. But we have to be stable-minded. And in order to be stable-minded, I'm going back to spending time with God. Our time with God is so uh, urgency is so important because y'all everything around us is changing daily we see in more evil than we have ever seen before people don't mind walking up to you and killing you and think they done right people don't mind doing things that we have never seen before but it's going to get worse so in order for us to stand in this evil world we're going to have to know what the word of god has to say to us so it have to be more time in the word than we're in anything else. That means when you wake up in the morning, you should be in the word. You should not, you know, just get up, you know, quick, fast, in a hurry and say, I got, got to get to work. Your job can't save you. Your job didn't save you. Your go- job cannot deliver you like God has. Your job cannot do the things that God has already done for you. So if we don't put him first and foremost, and that's what the enemy wants. He does not want our focus on the things of God. So what does he do? He put things in front of us. I don't know about you. When you look at TV, they're always advertising something that they want you to try or something they want you to get. If it's not drugs, it's something that's um, bringing a spirit of perverseness in. If it's not that, it's something that a gadget or an iPhone or iPad or computer is something to take your attention away from the things of God. It's hairstyles, it's hair, it's nails, it's all of this stuff, it's makeup, it's eyelash, everything. Now, these things you can use, but when you glorify these things more than you glorify him, when you look at, I got to have these things more than you looking at him, then we have a problem in the body of Christ. Everything should bring God glory. So if you have something in your life that's not glorifying him, you need to let that go. And the only way you can glorify him is by going into his word and hearing what his word has to say unto you. So this is the only way we can live by what we believe. Our focus has to be on the things of God. The enemy is using everything, y'all, to take our focus away from God. We learned that now faith is. It is the assurance It is the title deed of the things that we're hoping for, of the things that we are expecting from God. It takes faith, the God's kind of faith, 
for us to have an expectancy. Our faith gives us the title deed. If you got a title deed to your home or to your car, no one can come to your house and say, I'm going to take your house because you know they can't take your house. You say, I have the title. I have the deed to my house. I have the deed to my car. You can't take what belongs to me. So when you know what belongs to you, you don't allow anyone to come in and take it because you believe with all your heart that belongs to me. So that's what faith is. Faith is the assurance, the title deed of the things that you are expecting from God. It is the proof. It is the evidence of things not yet seen. See, your faith says, I don't have to see it naturally to know I already have what God says that I have. See, we are spiritual beings. Being that you are born again, that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. See, you go on the unseen, not what's seen. That's what faith is. Faith is bringing into reality what is not yet seen. So you have to understand that being that you are a spiritual being, you're living by the supernatural, what's in the spirit. You're not living according to the natural. This is why the word of God says again, we walk by faith. We live by what we believe, not by what we see. See, we have to look at things that are above because we're born from above. How do I know what I have for God? The word of God says that your faith becomes effective, that your faith begin to operate when you acknowledge every good thing that's in you. That's um, Philemon 1.6. When you acknowledge every good thing that's in you, your faith become effective. You can begin to share your faith because you know what you have. There's a sharing. There's a participation of the things of God when you know what you have. You're telling people about what you have. You're telling people about what God has done. You have an assurance. You have a confidence. You're knowing that it's already done. You're not trying to get anything done. Then the Bible says, how does faith come? Faith come by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So it takes the word of God in order to activate faith. So whatever you believe in God for, when you go into the word of God and you pull that verse of scripture out based on the thing that you believe in and you begin to speak that thing into existence, this is why it says God spoke those things that be not as though they were. So God was speaking into existence what did not exist. God said, let there be, and there was, because God knew it already existed, so I'm going to speak into existence what yet does not exist. So in order for our faith to become active, we have to use the word of God. And some of us get slack when it comes to the word of God. We believe in more gossip than we believe in the word of God. But when you take the word for what it is, that's when things begin to change in your life. But I believe what we do is if I don't feel it, 
If I don't smell it, if I don't touch it, if it, if it's not natural, I can't believe. This is what happened to Doubt and Thomas. Jesus spent time with those disciples and they were followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus already told them about his death, burial, and resurrection. But when Jesus came back and Thomas was not in the room and they began to tell them, him that Jesus appeared, he said, I'm not going to believe it. He said, I don't believe it until I see the nail prints, what? In his hands, until I see how he was pierced in his side. He said, I'm not going to believe unless I see. See, that's natural. But when Jesus appeared to Thomas, he said, blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believe. He said, those are the blessed ones that have not seen, but yet they believe. When Thomas began to see Jesus, he began to say, my Lord, because he was seeing him. But God want us to be in a uh, frame of mind to say, God, I don't have to see it to know you already done it because I know it's already a, re- a reality because I already have every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So what we wait on, if our body is going through, we'll say, well, God, I said by Jesus stripes, I was healed, but God, my body is still hurting. So how can I be healed if I'm still experiencing pain? God said, you don't look to your pain. You look to what my word says and you begin to use your authority over what your body should not be doing. You have to understand if I said by Jesus stripes, you were already healed. That means healing was already there before you needed it. I want y'all to catch this. God made healing available for us over 2,000 years ago, even before anything came upon our bodies. So when we need that healing, when our bodies are aching, when our bodies are racked in pain, we don't wait until that time. We have to go into the word of God and we have to get scriptures pertaining to healing. And we have to say, body today, you are the healed of the Lord. Body today, sickness shall not come nigh your dwelling because he said, no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling because God has given his angels charge over you to keep you and guard you in all your ways. The Bible says he sent his word body and he has already healed you from all of your destruction, from all of your sicknesses, from all of your diseases. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread. The Bible says that he took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses so you don't have to be sick. You do not wait till you get sick to go in the Bible and get your medicine. See, every day you got to remind yourself of your benefits. This is why the Bible says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. And when you're saying that, then it says, who forgive all thy iniquities who healed all thy diseases so every day you got to say bless the lord oh my soul and all that he's done for me you got to remind yourself of your benefits 
You got to do this on a daily basis. You don't wait till something happened to go into the word of God and pull a scripture out and saying, well, I spoke it. Now it's going to work. You only speak what you believe. And it's not an overnight thing because if you got other things growing in your heart, the word of God have to go in there and root it up first. And this is why we're having so many problems in the body of Christ is because we're not spending time in the word of God. We get a quick fix and think because you snot a little bit, because you roll on the floor a little bit, because you jump up and down a little bit, everything's okay. I'm here to tell you everything is not okay because the enemy is setting up a plan. He's setting up a strategy while you're in your bed sleeping and being lazy and won't roll over and open the word of God when you won't get up and tell the Lord thank you the enemy is watching he got his little nips watching you to see your weak areas to pounce on you quit sweeping everything up under the rug and think it's okay it's not okay because the enemy know everybody weakness in this building and sometimes we think Oh, I'm over it. If you haven't rooted it up, you're not over it. Until you deal with it, you're not over it. Some days we can go weeks, we can go months, and we can be so happy. Then the next thing we know, a big bomb hit, and then we don't know how to handle it. And then we say, God, where are you? God said, you don't know where I am yet. Because we get lazy. We get complacent. We think everything is okay when money is in the bank, when we ain't feeling nothing in our bodies, when people are liking us and not rejecting us. We think everything's okay when our husbands is whispering sweet nothings in our ear or when the wife husbands is fixing you a good dinner. You think everything's okay. That's when you need to make sure your whole armor is on because the enemy, when he see good in your house, he's going to bring some evil. Y'all better watch as well as pray. And it even happens to the ones that's by themselves. You could be in the house by yourself and be tormented more than with somebody in the house. So this is why we have to, as the Bible say, my son, pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear. Unto my saying, y'all, when you incline your ear, that means you're making yourself ready to listen. This is why when you come in the house of God, we want to give him all honor. We want to be in a place where we're saying, yes, Lord, your servant hears you. So he said, you got to incline your ear until my, he said, his say, he didn't say nobody else's. He said, incline your ear until my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. You got to be the one to keep them there. And then he said, when you keep them in the midst of your heart, he said, they're going to bring life unto all those that find them. They're going to bring medicine to all your, not just a part of you, but all of your flesh. That's just how important the word of God is. But we sometimes hit and miss because we get lazy. We trying to find other things to make us happy. 
You got to understand when you're born again, you are complete in him. Everything you need, you already have it in him. In him, there's nothing missing. There's nothing broken because he's Jehovah Shalom. He's in him is completeness and wholeness. He didn't leave nothing out in your spirit. You have everything you need to live this life here on this earth. To live through warfare, to live through tragedy, to live through anything that come your way. God said, I have already given you everything you need to live. He said, I have given you life and life more abundantly. Why do we act church folk? The ones that have said, I do. I don't know about y'all. Do do we understand what it means when we say yes? Yes. To the Lord, when we say I do, when we stand before him, when we say, God, I confess with my mouth and I'm only confessing with my mouth what I believe in my heart. I believe that Jesus, he is God who has come in the flesh. I believe that he died. I also believe that he was buried, but I also believe that he rose on the third day. And that's what saved me, y'all. And I didn't just believe it just to believe it. I believed it because I heard it. The gospel was preached to me. And as the gospel was preached to me, faith came from the word of God. God gave me that faith because it says without faith, it is impossible to please God. God knew. He said, you can't please me without faith. So I'm going to, I have to give you my faith. In order for me to be pleased, it cannot be on natural faith. It has to be on the faith of God. Do y'all realize y'all have God's faith? This is God's faith I'm talking about. This is mountain moving faith. This is the same faith that raised Jesus from the dead. Come on, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of us. But why aren't we believing that? Because we have not gotten to know, we have not acknowledged the good things that's in us. And one good thing is the power, the resurrection power that God has given us. Y'all, God has given us everything that we need. He has provided it, but the only way that people are going to know where we're we from and what we have is when a release comes. So the more you stay in the word of God, people are going to begin to see him and they're not going to see you. Let me say it again. The more you stay in the word of God, people are going to see him and not you. What are they going to see about him? They're going to see his love. They're going to say, I know that you're born again. There ain't no way you can love that one like that without being born again and without faking it to make it. See, when you truly know him, you can get over your enemy. When you truly know him, you can get over these things that have attached themselves to you. And what God is reminding me of is triggers. Some of us have things that come up in our lives that activate some triggers in us. (laughs) Some of you may have triggers of anger. Some of you may have triggers of lust. Some of you may have triggers of gossip. Some of you may have just... A lot of triggers of different things. And I hear in my ears, some people saying in their mind, they're calling some out. (laughs) I hear it. (laughs) You're calling some triggers out. I I can't even call them out fast enough, Lofton. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm just hearing it as I'm calling them out. It's like boom, 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 all over the room. Everybody in here has a trigger. How does that trigger get set off when somebody approach you the wrong way? Those triggers come up. You know how we try to bury something? You can bury a dog, but a buzzer to find it. Anything you bury can be found. So the things that you're bearing in your life that you say, I don't want nobody to know. God already know. And God already know you don't need to have those things. He already know my son paid the price for you not to have those things. You have already been taught about rooting up, tearing down. But some of you just want to hold on a little bit longer. If I don't have to deal with it, I'm all right. But by you not dealing with it, it's dealing with you. And every day it deals with you because the enemy know your weakness and he'll send something your way to trigger you in that area to let people know, mm, mm, you ain't got it together either. Some of us think that we're more holy than thou. Some of us think that we don't have no problems. I ain't like the Joneses. I ain't like this one and I ain't like that one. But I'm here to tell you it's something in your life that you have that somebody else may not have. But what makes you think you're better than they are? All of us are in Christ. So our lives are not based on us. Our lives are based on him. So if it's something that I'm doing that is not right, it's not going to affect my life with him. How it affects it is I can't move forward in the things of God. It's stopping me, but it don't change how God feel about me, y'all. God's going to love me outside of me. And he proved that love through Jesus Christ. So the more I know my identity and who I am in him, the more my faith begin to activate in the things that I have now that I'm in him. So what we need to do is get into the word of God more instead of getting into other things more. Some of us can talk about things for days. Let somebody hurt you. Blah, 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 all day long, all night long. But you don't hear the word like that. You don't hear the word repeated all day and all night. Only thing you hear is what they said, how they said it, and when they said it. And I don't know why they said it. I ain't never done nothing to nobody. I always try to do this, that, and the third, as y'all say. I'm always doing this and that and the other. Why they da-da-da-da-da-da? This go on for weeks. But when we begin to speak life, when we begin to speak what the word of God has to say about us, They may have rejected me, but I read that he did not reject me. He said that I was accepted in the beloved. I was chosen even before the foundation of this world. So he didn't, um, I didn't choose him. He chose me. So I must have been special. Then it says, I am forgiven. So no matter what I do, when I do it, or how I do it, I am already forgiven by him of my past, present, and future sins. So you can't make me guilty no more because I know I'm forgiven, but I do acknowledge what I did was wrong. So to not give the enemy inroad in my life, I'm going to shut the door. But I'm already forgiven of that before I even done it. God is good. 
He knew what each and every one of us was going to do before we done it. So quit trying to live up under the law and so scared that you're going to do this and you're going to do that and you're going to do the other. The more you become acquainted with him, you ain't going to want to do it. But when you mess up, you're going to get up and you're going to repent and you're going to make a U-turn and you're going to tell the devil, I know who I am. And Lord, forgive me of what I've done. You're just doing it for the soulish part of you. The spirit is already made new. See, he can't touch your spirit, but the soul is what he's after. And this is why we cannot grab hold to the things of God because we too conform to the things of this world. And we haven't been transformed, some of us, by the renewing of our minds. Then we will prove what the good and what the acceptable will of God is for our lives. So, let's go into the teaching. Y'all thought I was in the teaching. Not quite there yet. Matthew 17. (laughs) Isn't God good? He had to give you a snippet of some things before we go in here. Matthew 17, 14 through 21. Matthew 17, I'm just talking as the Spirit is leading me. So, wherever he take me, that's where I'm going. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. Some versions said he has epilepsy. And then it says, and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. So this man, he came to Jesus because his son, he had epilepsy. He was having seizures, but it was more than just having seizures. And he was describing what was going on with his son. He was saying that it, when it comes on him, he falls into the fire and into the water. So it was more than just having a seizure. It was something that was behind that. And this is what, this is funny, because I'm hearing some people say, that's me. I be falling in the water and falling in the fire. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm going to help you out. (laughs) But anyway, so this is what was going on with his son. So he, he was telling Jesus. So the first thing I want you to understand is when you come to Jesus or you talking to someone that's spiritual, I'm talking about spiritual people. I'm talking about the ones that love the Lord with all their heart, all their mind, all their strength, and all their soul. I'm talking about someone you can trust, that you can come to, and you can tell them what's going on in your life. The problem is, some of us think that we cannot say what's wrong. Some of us think we can't speak that out of what's going on. This man spoke out of what was going on. That's why if something is going on in our house, I need to let my husband know. This is what's going on up in here. I don't need for him to say, well, is this going on? No, 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 ain't going on. That's a liar. Because if we know what's going on, we have to acknowledge what's going on. We don't have to accept it. You hear what I'm saying? You don't have to accept it, but you just don't turn your face away from it. So he he told him, he first told him that he was having seizures. He told him what was happening when this would occur. But then he began to say, I took him to your disciples. 
and they couldn't cure him. The disciples were followers. They were learners of Jesus Christ. Everywhere that Jesus went, they went. They saw the miracles. They saw the healings. They saw everything that Jesus done. They were there to see it. Matter of fact, he gave them power in Matthew 10 to cast out devils, to heal the sick. He gave them all of that to go out and do what he done. And they came back and told him what had happened because they got results. But when this man brought his son to them, guess what? He said they could not cure him. Now, for one, the first thing this man did, he had to come humbly. He came to him in worship. He kneeled down before him. He was honoring him. How many of us, before we go to him for anything, do we worship? Do we really honor him? Do we really glorify him? Do we really praise him or we praise him what we're going through? Do we take the time to recognize who he is and what he's done instead of just going right on up in there? This man kneeled before him. He honored him. He knew who he was. Do you know who he is? Because if you know who he is, you don't have a problem coming to him knowing that you already have what you're going to get before you get there. So he told him what was going on. How many of us say we're followers of Jesus and we're learners of Jesus, but when things begin to go on in our lives, we act just like we don't know him. So he brought the the boy to Jesus. And then he reminded me of something, y'all. This man did not deny what was going on with his son. He said what was going on. He told Jesus what was going on, and it took me back to 2 Kings, the 6th chapter. Y'all remember when Elijah was in Dothan, and they sent, the enemy went to Dothan to get Elijah because he was revealing their battle plans, and the enemy came at night. And his servant, when he looked up and he saw the many horses and the chariots, and he saw the army coming for them, The first thing that that servant did, he did not deny what he saw. He knew that it was there. So he went to Elijah and he said, my master, what shall we do? My Lord, what shall we do? And so Elijah was telling him to fear thou not. That's the first thing Elijah could say. Why would Elijah say that? There's a host, y'all. There's an army out there getting ready to come kill him. How could Elijah say, fear thou not? Because he had a relationship. He had fellowship. Well, he had fellowship with God. He was fellowshipping with him. He knew who God was. So Elijah was not afraid. He told that man to fear thou not. And then he told him, there's more with us. Come on, I don't know about y'all. I would be like, where at? I don't see nothing. He said, there's more with us than there are with him, with them. Now, in the natural, when you look around, when somebody's surrounding your house and somebody's telling you, don't be afraid, there's more with us than it is with them. And you'd be like, what's wrong with you? Ain't nobody here but us. Who's going to save us? But that servant, what Elijah had to do, he said, God opened his eyes. This is in the spirit. And allowed him to see what I see. 
See, when you come together with someone, you need to be seeing the same thing. You need to be on one accord. This is why a husband and a wife cannot be unequally yoked. You cannot have a wife believing and the husband is not believing. It's going to shake up a house. This is why you have to be on one accord. You can have a husband and wife, both of them born again, but they believe in two different things. But they had to become on one accord. And when Elijah prayed, God opened up his servant eyes and he saw the hosts surrounding Elijah. God allowed him to see supernaturally. So I want to ask y'all in this room, what do you see? What are you seeing when things are going chaos in your life? When your body is racked in pain, do you see yourself healed? Do you see yourself dying? Do you see, what do you see when your finances ain't looking like they need to be looking? What do you see? Do you see yourself losing things? Do you see yourself getting another job? Who do you see? What do you see? God want us to see spiritually. You got to see in the spirit. You can't look at what's happening naturally. We live by what we believe, not by what we see. We ain't going to deny that there's no money in the bank. There's none there. But I know what God says. He's already blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But you got to understand there are laws of faith. There's laws that take place. You can't be quoting scripture and you're not doing what the word says. The word said, if you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measures, press down. Hold it right there. Hold it, hold it. I like the running over part. Don't y'all? But you got to activate it by doing what? Some people want to get, but they don't want to give nothing. You got to understand that if you don't do what the word says, you ain't going to get what the word is already provided. You got to do what the word is telling you to do. You got to give not grudgingly of out of necessity. You got to be a cheerful giver. You got to give because you saying, God, I'm giving because you gave to me. I understand, God, that you gave your one and your only son. That's all you had. So we want things from God, but we're not doing what the word of God is saying to activate. You already got it, but you got to activate it. And how you activate it is taking the word for what the word is saying. Y'all, the word truly works. I'm a trier of the word. I say, God, if you said it, you got to do it. If that's what you said, I'm going to stand on what you are saying. No, God, the money is not in the bank. You already know that. But you told me, God, that we were going to have this building. So even though the money is not showing in the bank, you know more than I know. So I'm going to give you glory for what you already done. So I had to see myself with what God said. So the more I meditated on the word of God, the more it became open, the more it became a revelation, the more I can see it. And I say, it's already mine. So I can give God glory for what already belongs to me. So me and my husband have been walking, living by what we believe. God, if you said it, you got to honor your word. 
Because God said, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the things which have come out of my lips. So God has said, I'm not going to change. Whatever I said is what I have already, y'all don't get it, already done. You don't have to wait on it to be done because everything has already been written concerning us. So I need to spend time with him each and every day to know what God has for me in this day. I don't want to miss my million dollars. I don't. So I got to spend time with God when God tell me to go to a lake and open the first fish that I see, open his mouth and there go your tax money. Okay. That fish ate some money somebody lost. Now it's mine. Y'all better understand. This is a spiritual thing. God take the foolish things to conform the wise. So if whatever God tell me to do, it may be foolish to some of y'all. And even though you're born again, that means you carnal Christians, you fleshly Christians. But I'm going to go on what God said. If God said it's mine, it's mine. And it may look foolish, but it's mine. So you got to hold on to what he's saying and not holding on to how you feel. God, you said it. You said it. And I know, God, that it's already done. There was a woman, a true story, who had a gorda on her neck. It was so big. She went to a healing service and God said she was already healed. So you know what she did? She said, if God said I'm healed, I'm healed. But she still had the gorda on her neck. So she would get up. When they would have praise service and testimony, she would say, I give God glory because he removed the gorder off my neck. So people didn't say nothing that year. She come back the second year and she was saying the same thing. I give God glory for him moving the gorder off my neck. Finally, the people came together, the people, the board in the church. They said, we got to tell her to sit down because the gorder is still there. She looking crazy. These church people. So they went to her and they told her, you can't get up and you can't testify about this no more because that's a lie. She went back to God and she said, God, now I know I'm already healed because you said I was healed. I don't have to have something to remove to know that I'm healed, but they got to see who you are. I know who you are. The Gorda came off. And she went back. Can you imagine the people's faces? Oh, Lord. So, see, she was standing on what she already had. She saw herself without it. She didn't have to wait for it to be removed to know this is what God said. She trusted him. She knew that God was not going to alter. God was not going to change what he said. And it's reminding me when my daughter was little, um, a teacher come to me and came to me and she said, we're going to have to put your daughter in speech therapy. I said, for what? She said, because she stutters. I said, my daughter is fine. She's timid. So she's afraid to say different things. So she'll get tripped up with her words. Well, we bring in a speech therapist. I said, okay. Brought in the speech therapist. They say, yeah, we want to give her a speech. You know, by the time she hit the elementary school, she'll be taking some classes. I said, you're not going to give her anything. I said, I'm going to tell you why she's stuttering. Because she's afraid. She's timid. She's not getting her words out. Okay. So they said, well, you know, this is what we have to do. I said, okay. But I know a God. I said, I'm not speaking that on my daughter. 
I'm not speaking what they're saying because I know what's going on with her. So when she went to elementary school, they never showed up. Never showed up. Then she had difficulties because she was so timid. She didn't want to ask the teacher stuff because she was afraid the teacher was going to come at her. And the teacher kept coming at her the wrong way. So I had to go to the school, y'all. And guess what I had to do? I had to do what the word told me to do. If you have ought, if you got a problem. So I went to the teacher and she told me it was my daughter. I said, okay. So I went home and laid on the couch and said, Lord, you my psychiatrist because I need some help. I laid on the couch, I talked to God, and I told him all my troubles. And I got off that couch strengthened, and I went back, and I took another teacher with me in the room. And I even gave her a gift, the teacher who talked against my daughter. Y'all, the devil was raging then. The next day I picked my daughter up, she was crying and couldn't stop crying. She said the teacher grabbed her roughly. I said, what did she say? She even went to her granddaddy and her ama, me and told them you know if they do this right here if y'all can y'all pray for me humble little so I said Lord enough is enough and the Lord showed me a dream and showed me where he wanted to put her and y'all I don't know about y'all Nay, Teresa, y'all remember they had them huts over there at elementary and them was for the kids that were special and they couldn't learn nothing I saw a yellow hut And I said, God, she don't need no specialty class. (laughs) But that's not what he was showing me. So I went to the principal, and the principal told me, I watched her in that class. It's not the teacher. I said, okay. So I went back to another principal, and I said, look, if y'all don't do something, I'm pulling my daughter out of here. You're not going to intimidate her anymore. He said, well, go sit in the class, and you observe and see what's going on. I sat in the class. The devil got mad then. My daughter was looking at her assignment. And she took it to the lady. She said, go sit down. Oh, you devil. Go sit down. You didn't complete it. So she said, mommy, I took it up there. I said, I heard her. So the Lord told me that when she moved the little boy, he took my daughter's stuff with him and she couldn't complete it. So I went to her. I said, excuse me. Uh... I believe the little boy that you moved. No, my mama helped me with that assignment last night. And I gave her the same thing I gave everybody else. I said, okay. I said, but can you check with that little boy and see if he took some of her stuff? She checked with him and brought it back and laid it on Ariel's desk. Didn't say I'm sorry. Nothing. I politely got up. I did what the principal told me to do. I went to his office. I said, if you don't move her. I'm moving on. He said, okay, you know what? I believe she'll fit back in that. You know them huts back there behind her? I said, who's in them huts? So when he told me who was in the hut, I said, God, you're so funny. He said, I'm going to put her with this lady. He put her with that lady, and then they had a social worker or somebody at the school that was watching her. So we had a meeting After she went with the lady and she was talking to the lady, talking with me. Y'all, I'm telling you, it's walking by what you believe. And the lady began to talk with me. And she said, Miss Bryant, tell me what's going on with your daughter. I said, she's timid. She's afraid to talk because of what she went through with this teacher. And she's very smart. She, She can do her work. The lady told me, she said, told the teacher, she said, now I want you to work with her. 
and, you know, let her come to you, get to know you. I want to tell y'all something. When they moved my daughter in that classroom from kindergarten on up, my daughter excelled and was an A student. Did I go through? Somebody say amen. It is so. Did she go through? Somebody say amen. It is so. But guess what? I stood on what God said. I love my daughter. I wasn't going to let nobody hurt my daughter. But I had to pray with her. I had to encourage her. We had to drop her off in a classroom crying every day. My husband had to walk her. I don't want to go in there. I don't want to go in there. No, God got you, baby. You're going to be okay. God got you. He got you, baby. We had to do this every day. But God let me know I got her. Trust me. I got her. Tears in my, rolling down my face. That's my baby, God. What do you want me to do? She don't need to go through this. She ain't doing this. She ain't doing that. But God said, I got to trust me. Trust in me with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge me in all your ways. And I will direct your path. Okay, God. But I'm hurting still. I'm looking at her hurting. What do you want me to do? When I settled down and he said, be anxious for nothing. But through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request made known unto me. He said, then the peace of God that passes all understanding, it's going to guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. You don't have the peace right now because you're too anxious. You got to stop being anxious. You got to trust me. I knew her before you knew her, before she was formed in your womb. I knew her. Oh, y'all don't know. Y'all don't know half. See, you got to know faith. You got to know who God is and how God wants you to handle things. And when you handle it his way, don't think people ain't watching. Don't think people ain't looking at what you do because the teacher I took in that room, she told me she knew that was God. They were having problems with that very teacher. But look who had to go through it. See, the devil really wasn't after the daughter. He was after me. But I had to stay in my position of who I was in Christ. Y'all, it's some of y'all going through some things. You're going through some things and you feel like I can't take it. I'm tired of going through the same things. But through me hearing God through her whole life. Of her going through some things. The enemy coming at her. And when the Bible says. When the enemy comes in like a flood. The spirit of God. Will raise up a standard. Against him. So I'm here to tell y'all. Through me. Standing on what God said. Every aspect of her life. Y'all I done told y'all about Jeremy over there. Jolly Green Grind. But every aspect of her life. It was a walking by faith even getting in college y'all know that story it was a walking by faith my baby wanted to go to a college that they wanted real money y'all real money wasn't no fake money i took and hung them colleges up over the desk and i said lord i thank you for whichever one you wanted to be in but you know she want that one but god you see how much i got lord i thank you 
So I begin to thank God every day. I say, you show me which one, God, and I'll stand on the one that you want her to be in. And I know the money is already there, God, because whatever you say, God, you have already done it. And I'm here to tell y'all, when he gave me the dream of UNC Chapel Hill, I said, which one you want, baby? She said, Mommy, I really wanted UNC. I said, it's already yours. I said, fill it out. So I said, you know what? I say, fill out all the applications you want, but you know which one you want. My daughter got accepted in every college. She got accepted in ECU. She got accepted in state. She got accepted in Fayetteville, which she didn't want. Every college she got accepted in. But when UNC Chapel Hill showed up, she said, Mama, that's the one I really want. I said, that's where you're going. Next thing was, Lord, ain't no money in no bank for UNC Chapel Hill. Now, you knew that. So I told her, I said, baby, let me tell you what I want you to do. See, I'm hearing God. She hearing me. I said, fill out every scholarship you can fill out, baby. I said, fill them out. She said, well, mama, this is a, what was it, a baseball, basketball, sometimes. Who? Basketball. I said, fill it out. Mama, I ain't never played. I said, fill it out. She filled out all them applications, y'all. This is the funny part. She filled them out, and she graduated with honors, and it was so funny because they had an award ceremony. So me and my husband knew about two or three she had, right? Y'all, they even gave her a diva scholarship. She ain't never been no diva. (laughs) I said, what in the world? So she sat down. Soon she get a butt in the chair. Area Bryant, we got another scholarship for you. She popped back up. So I'm sitting beside State Employees Credit Union woman. I said, hey, how you doing? I said, you, you coming to the state? I'm thinking she had a daughter, a child there. She said, yeah. So we sitting there. They said, the next one we have is State Employees Credit Union. Now, I told her to fill out all of them, right? Didn't know what she filled out. So then they said, the next one is a $10,000 scholarship for State Employees Credit Union. And we're giving this to Area Bryant. I said, What? So she popped back up. Then another man stood up. He said, I got one here. We don't normally give this out to anyone. He said, but we're going to have to give this one out. But I'm going to have to have the parents to stand for this because whoever the parent of this one is, I want them to stand. So me and my husband looking around. And then he said, this scholarship is for Area Bryant. And we're giving this scholarship, I think it was 15000 15,000, and when the parents are, oh, yes, hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you. So she got all those scholarships, diva scholarships, playing basketball scholarships. Even Tashana come to me, Tashana Brand. She said, can I ask you something? I said, yeah. How'd she get a scholarship for playing basketball? I said, Jesus. So then the next thing the Lord told me, he said, it ain't over. I said, okay. So I looked at Ari. I said, Ari, it ain't over. She said, mama, I done filled out everything. I said, baby, it ain't over. God says another one. So I'm sitting in my office, minding my business. I get the call from UNC Chapel Hill. They said, we've been trying to get up with your daughter. I said, you have? I said, but she's not here. Can you um, tell me what you need? She said, we don't normally do this. This is out of our norm. But we're going to give your daughter 20000 a year. I say, um, what you say? I, had, now I wasn't dumb. But I said, what you say? 
we're going to give your daughter 20000 a year. Let me tell you all something. For four years of her college, me and my husband, if I'm lying, hus- husband, you tell me. I don't even remember buying her hardly any grocery. And she is debt free. She don't owe nobody nothing. Amen. Now let me, let me tell you why I'm saying this to you guys. It is a walking by what you believe. Living by what you believe. Then when she got in college, my daughter telling me, I want to be a nurse. She watched my son's daughter go through as a little baby in the neonatal unit. And she saw her in the moment she hold little Yana. She said, this is what I want to do. So when she went to school, they only had 100 more students that they could accept in the nursing program. And your GPA had to be at a certain point. She said, Mama, they only have 100 slots left. I said, fill it out. But Mom, fill it out. You already in nursing school, girl. Mama, I ain't filled it out yet. I said, but you already in nursing school. Mama, I ain't, how can, girl, fill out that application. You already in nursing school. Okay, mama. She filled it out. She said, mama, it's here. I'm scared to open. I said, girl, you already in nursing school. Go open it. She started screaming. Mama, they accepted me. Let me tell y'all something. We walk and we live. By faith. Next thing was, she needed a job. And I said, where do you want to be? She said, I want to be at UNC Chapel Hill, and I want to be in the critical care unit with the babies. I said, baby, you're already there. But, Mama, they haven't accepted me yet. Duke already accepted her, gave her the pay, gave her everything. She said, I'm going to take this. I said, you could take it. But you're going to UNC. Well, Mama, they ain't even give, gave me an interview. They ain't even called me. I said, you're going to be at UNC. Duke didn't want to pay her moving expenses. They just gave her the pay. They accepted her, told her when to start. Some, somebody say, God is good. Say all the time. God is good. Next thing I know, she said, Mama, I got an interview for UNC Chapel Hill, but they told me, that they don't know if I'm going to get in the critical care unit because they don't normally put people in there. I said, you already in there. So guess what? They hired her for that unit, then told her, we're going to give you your moving expenses. So guess what, y'all? Next thing was, this was her last year. She already had a job. Before she even graduated, she had a job. The next thing was she needed an apartment, right? You need first month rent and last month rent. I said, where's that coming from, Lord? (laughs) I said, now, she got a job, but she ain't got paid yet. And I know you ain't looking at me. (laughs) Okay, y'all. I talked to him like that. I said, but I'm going to thank you for the apartment. So I told my daughter, I said, start looking for an apartment. I said, start looking. She said, mama, I ain't got no check. I said, ain't worried about no check. Start looking. My girl found an apartment. The guy told her, he said, you know what? We just had a special and got this apartment left on the first floor 
And you don't even have to come up with your first month um, deposit. We're going to waive the first month. Thank God. Good. Then she needed some furniture. Now, I should have said, you, you young, sleep on the floor. I said, let's go pick out some furniture. Whole apartment furnished. And can I hear somebody say, paid in full. You see the glory, but you don't know my story. See, when people look at me and my husband, they think that we take from people to get. I just take what God has given me that's already mine. And I began to speak those things that be not as though they were. And not only with my daughter, my son over there, he wanted a home. And y'all, let me tell you something. I told my baby, I said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to move in an apartment. Mama, he had no credit that was where it needed to be. I said, "Uh uh-uh, fill out the application for the apartment, baby. You're going to get that apartment. You got to be obedient when God is talking. God know what you got and he know what you don't have. He just wants your obedience. I said, fill it out. He filled it out. You know what that lady had nerve tell me? I don't normally do this. <laughs> but I'm going to let him have this apartment. I said, you got to stay in that apartment to build up your credibility. Keep paying that rent. Like you never paid rent before. Keep paying it. He kept paying it and paying it and paying it. Then one day I said, Jeremy, it's time for you to get a house. Look at God. And the time he got the house, y'all, the houses was going for 2.99%. God know when you need what you need when you need it. So when he got the home, check this out, y'all. He's growing in manhood. He's liking getting stuff for the house, keeping stuff fixed in the house. Let me tell you, why am I saying this? Because we go through as parents, our children go through as children and adults, but we get through it together. And when we get through it together, like we need to get through it, God be glorified in it. When little Yana was born, so premature, I told Quisha and Jeremy, I say, Put up on that board. I can do all things. Through Christ which strengthened me. I say, say it every day. Let the nurses see it. Yo, God is a good God. And we have to walk by faith. Some of y'all right now is holding money so tight in your hand that you're so afraid to let it go because you don't know what's going to happen. Your money will not save you. Because once you use it, it takes legs and run. When you get a paycheck, it's already. I'm going to tell you about some natural faith. You know what you're going to get before you get it. You know it's already gone, so you ain't excited about cashing it. Let me say it again. You know what you're going to get before you get it. You already see it's nothing left. So it don't bother you when it come in. It's just another paycheck. That's natural faith for y'all. You already done wrote your bills up. You already know. Ain't nothing left. Don't ask for nothing. You ain't even got paid yet. Nothing. 
be like Jeffro, not from not. It's still not. Then some of us is so arrogant that we have a little savings and we think we're better off and don't want to mess with it. But when all hell break loose and you got to mess with it and it's at zero, now you don't know how to act. We have to walk by faith and not by what we see. We have to be faithful stewards over what we have and not just spending it because we can. We have to trust God with everything we get and hold it up like the two fish and the five loaves of bread. We got to ask God, what would you have me to do with this? If he say, put it away, put it away because God know what's coming. If he say, give it away, give it away. Because God knows somebody needed it more than you needed it. That's why we have to spend more time with God to know what God is saying so we can use what he's given us for him to be glorified. Last scripture. And I love this one. Romans four seventeen. I'm going to read a little further after that. I love the first part of that. As it is written. I want y'all to catch this. As it is written. As it is written. As it is written. Oh, as it is written. As it is is written as it is written as it is written as it is written as it is written now what's written this is what he's speaking to abraham my son pay attention to my words as it teresa as it is written. What did God say, Teresa? As it is written. I have made you, Teresa, the heel, Teresa, of the Lord, Teresa, as it is written. You already heal. As it is written. You already heal. As it is written you already prosperous as it is written he was speaking to abraham as it is written i have made you look who did it god did it you ain't have to do nothing but accept what god has done he said, I just want you to accept what I've done, Abraham. It's already written for you. No matter how you mess up, I'm not going to alter it. I'm not going to change it. It's going to stay the same. <laughs> Whatever God say is what it's going to be outside of how we feel. He told him, he said, I have made you a father of many nations. I have done it, Abraham, not you. So you can count on me. I'm not going to alter it. I'm not going to change it. This is what's written. It's not going to change on you. I don't care how you mess up. I'm going to honor my word. Because I'm God. I don't lie. I don't repent.
I said it, I'm going to do it. If I spoken it, I'm going to make it good. Y'all, God is so, so good. He's so, so faithful. It says when we don't be faithful, he still remains faithful. And no matter how you mess up, God said it's written. Everything about you has already been written. I'm going to be glorified through this. Take what's been written. Don't go on anything else except what's written. So Abraham, y'all, y'all got to get it. Abraham said, God, I'm going to go on what you say. So what did Abraham do? Look at this in verse 18. Who contrary to hope, in hope, believe. It didn't look like it was going to work. But said, he said, contrary to hope, he still believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was? According to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be and not being weak in faith. Why was he not weak in faith? Because he said it's written. God spoke it. God meant what he said. And then he said, I know how my body is. I know I'm old. I know Sarah womb is dead he said but listen at what he said he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah won't he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith glorifying to God giving glory to God there you go you strengthen your faith By bringing glory to God, by giving God glory. In spite of what's going on, God, I'm going to give you glory. God, I'm going to honor you. And then it said, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham did not waver. Because guess why? He said, this ain't on me. This is on God. So no matter how I mess up, God still got to do what he said. Because it's written. So I'm taking what's written and I'm speaking it. I'm speaking into existence what be not as though it were. Why? Because those angels are taking it and they're delivering that word. That I have spoken and said, that scholarship belonged to her. Give her that scholarship. That belongs to them. Give that house to them. Because you're speaking it. You're speaking what's already written. So the angels are carrying what you're speaking. And the hearts are being changed. They're being turned because they got to go on the word. God sent his angel to Cornelius' house. He told Cornelius to go, told him where to go to see Peter. Why? Because he had to hear the words of salvation in order for his whole house to be saved. The angel couldn't preach to him. Peter had to preach it. But the angel went to him and told him what to do. Your prayers. Have come up before God for a memorial. Now I want you to go to job. Oh, come on, God is good. 
We got to take the word for what it is. And we got to live according to what the word says. And we got to quit being in unbelief. Unbelief means I don't trust you, God. But we can have unbelief and faith at the same time. Just like that man with his son. In Mark chapter 9, he said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Unbelief will block you from receiving what already belonged to you. Athea, I need for you to play that song, Release. I believe today God want to release everything that God has promised y'all. It's here right now. The only thing we got to do is believe for it. It's believe that God has already done what he said and whatever is blocking us from receiving it, the only thing we got to do is get rid of it. It say you can't stay here. You don't belong here. Amen. Hallelujah. The atmosphere is set for blessings. The atmosphere is set for miracles. And whatever your need is, God told me to tell you, it's already released. Already released. There's a blessing in the room today. Are you ready? Get ready. It's already been released. Anybody believe that? Come on, y'all say there's a blessing in the room So get ready.
that the word was already sent so it's released and only thing you got to do is grab hold and receive what God's released today through his word that's just how simple it is amen to God be the glory hallelujah for all he has done he's so good I want to thank everyone that helped us out um, yesterday with our created with purpose cwp i give god glory for what he done on yesterday what he's going to continually do through created with purpose so parents focus on the children the more because the enemy is out to get our children it's out to get our future generation because when they start out very young that's when he works on them and they end up growing up in them. This is why we have to watch over our children. We have to watch over what they, watch what they hear, the dances. When we see our children dancing in a way they shouldn't dance, we need to tell them why. You, you don't dance like that. Because we have perverts out there, y'all. We have people watching our children even when we don't think that they're watching. So we want to make sure that the children get everything that they need. And that's what Created With Purpose is about. So I thank everyone who um, helped out with Created With Purpose. And we're going to keep moving forward with it throughout the year to lead up to next year. Amen. Now, can we have the announcements at this time? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you. And we will see you next week.